the Rad Welcome back to another episode of the Rad Podcast. I'm producer Brandon. I'm producer Amanda. And you're listening to the Rad Rad Podcast. And we are back fresh from a week off. Thank you so much, Amanda, for holding down the fort, for being the the matron of the best of shows. That uh, was a huge load (laughs) (laughs) off of me, so I was able to enjoy Oahu in its fullest. It was so so lonely. Here. I'm sure it was. I know it, it. It can get pretty lonely, but it looks like you had some fun. You did a Facebook live video. I did, yeah, you know it sucks because I know that the Wi-Fi sucks in this building in particular because there's so many different walls in between the actual walls. Wi-Fi receiver. So if you're moving around a lot, it, the, the reception could be actually pretty janky. And I, <laughs> yeah. I've actually been watching porn in the other side of the building, oh, and nice. it's been buffering. And what? I'm like, what? This doesn't happen. Not in 2018. What the hell? You don't get buffering in this day and age. But apparently you do in this building because it's a black hole. There's just so many things going on and uh, in between the Wi-Fi thing. So unfortunately, the, the Facebook Live video didn't <laughs> look as smooth yeah. as it should have. <laughs> but thanks for also exposing my office and how dirty it is and how clustered it is. I didn't open it, it all. I, I just opened wa- the door. I was watching at that moment in time. I was thinking, she's not going to do it. She's not going to do it. She- fucking did oh. open up my fucking door and there well, it is i didn't want you to feel left out there's nothing in there it's literally a storage closet now. well and that's what i said i said you don't really use your office you use it as just storage because you never really leave the production yeah, area that's kind of your everything i need is right in here yeah. I, got, I got all my computers like it, it's it was a pain in the ass back when we first moved in here i i had this whole clusterfuck setup where i had everything basically networked but i had the didn't different jobs for different computers right when i could have just done all of the jobs on at least one or two computers in the same spot and <laughs> right. it took me about two or three years to realize you know what I, i'm tired of schlepping a laptop from one office to another right just to do the same job that i could do in the same spot so um yeah but that, i thought that was kind of cool you did a whole you know behind the scenes yeah thing. it was it was fun. It was. I wish it would have turned out a little better, but you know, say lovey. Maybe we'll we'll get uh, David Attenborough and the Discovery Channel to come out here and actually <laughs> do like a true Planet Earth style <laughs> slow motion. We did that uh, back in the early days of the membership website. Uh, me and f- former producer Christy were trying to think of all these weird ways to create new videos for new promotions, and I remember one Christmas. Um, this is unrelated, but we we did um, uh, uh, we we actually were selling Christmas ornaments. Yes, yes. And so to promote the Christmas ornaments, we put our uh, rad Christmas ornament on the tree in the lobby of the Night Rock Studios mm-hmm. back when we still had to live amongst the the swine. <laughs> and uh, we created like this whole animated video where we gave all the other ornaments voices. And they were t- all jealous of the rad ornament because they weren't the rad ornament. And so it was like the gingerbread man had his own voice, the rocking horse and all the different ornaments. You know, Christy and I both did different voices. It was so stupid and hacky. Um, but it reminded me of, uh, where was I going with that? Oh, a uh, Planet Earth style documentary thing that right. I did. I, I basically took a camera and i slowly moved it around the 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 studio area to kind of give that you know behind the scenes look at all the equipment and what it looks like inside the studio right and i i did it to like this 
slow style African music. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> so, because I was trying to mimic Planet Earth, right, right. And this was right when it first came out because I, I think I was sitting in a um, a dentist office waiting for my then girlfriend to get some some shit moved removed from her teeth. She ate a lot of shit. I don't know. Oh, I, that's kind of. I think that's why I dumped her. She was a shit eater. <laughs> Um, but I was waiting in the in the lobby. I, I was mesmerized by Planet Earth, and I thought, ah, oh, that's it. I'll do a Planet Earth style documentary oh, of the tour of the studio, and it it turned out pretty much as janky as probably your video did. <laughs> yeah. Because how how interesting do you make a building with some monitors and and you know the soundboards are kind of interesting to look at, but once you look at it, it's it's really there's nothing to it, right? No, and I was kind of thinking like it would be fun to do like MTV crib style, but I was here by myself, so I can't really do that. That's a good idea. I think that would be a more fun way to do it. Cause then if we have somebody following us around and we're talking about the certain areas and yeah. what, what's going on, I wonder if we should do that. that. That's a good idea. Maybe we'll, we'll hire fat producer Nick to, to do it all overproduced video. That would be really yeah, fun. That, that would be fun. Speaking of fun things, we, uh, we now have a Facebook group for the rad broadcast, right? Yes. How do you become a member of the Facebook group? Does it cost money? It's free. Oh, that's stupid. No. How are we supposed to earn money? I don't know. Mm. Um, so you just, you go into the Facebook search and you face and you search uh, the rad broadcast. Do they have to search the rad broadcast or could they just search rad broadcast? You might be able to just do it rad broadcast. Let me try. I, it I have it right here. It. it will highlight the. Oh, look things. at that. Yep. And yeah. so then uh, it's under groups, and it is a private group, meaning you have to... Show your privates? <laughs> yes. Send us nudes. Can you do no. that? No, don't do that. No. Oh. Uh, but you have to request to be added, and then we'll add you once So you we have them. to vet the pro- we have to vet them first? We have to make sure that they're good enough to be in the Rad Podcast group? Yes. Um, How do we do that? What, um, what what are our what's our criteria? What what well, makes it what makes you so special that you're allowed in our Facebook group? You you can you know if you're a listener you can request it. But if you go into the group once you get accepted, what I have, makes you get accepted though? Uh, how do you how do you pick? Do you just I'll say add anybody? You'll add anybody. Okay. So yeah. But the what so what makes it? Why is it private? Oh, so that it's like because okay so. I've set, told everybody that I listen to a different podcast. podcast. <laughs> I do that all the time. Um, hey, you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast? What's that? No, well, podcast. It's a podcast. So I listen to my favorite murder podcast, and they have a group for their listeners, which they call Murderinos. Right. I don't know if we need to call our podcast listeners like prodheads. Or Prods. Something. Prods. Well, I like prodhead because prod it's head. like pothead. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. But they yeah. can make up their I'll, own name. I'll, I'll write that. Maybe we'll make that a survey. Yeah. Prodheads. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or they, and then they can come up with any, whatever. But so this. Com- <laughs> you do the work. <laughs> well, we'll just it here. is a community for them. Right. You know, and that's what the My Favorite Murder Group is. So it's just a place where you can put. Um, like shit that you're dealing with, or you can post fan art or whatever you want to post in there, and then everybody else can see it. But it's just the podcast people. So, mm. like, if you have some deep secret that you don't want 
Uncle Joe to find out about on Facebook, you can go into this community group and it's like, I mean, I hate to use the word safe space, but it's like a safe space. That makes sense. So you know? it's it's kind of like this podcast, this mm-hmm. podcast, where yeah. it's a little bit more open, a little bit more of a safe space compared to the regular rad radio show. Right. So if you had something, you know, that's really bothering you, that's on your mind, and you don't want to share it with the world, but you feel comfortable enough sharing it with your peers and also... That's okay. I get that's why it's the closed thing. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it almost hides your secrets in a way yeah. or hides your issues that you don't want to necessarily let Aunt Nana or Uncle Jimmy know. Yeah. And uh, we are in charge of maintaining the peace. Yeah. Is that why we are like the administrators? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And I did post on there some guidelines. So what are the guidelines? Um, that's what I was trying to pull pull up here it should be on there as a pinned All right, post. i got gotcha. you yeah. so when you join when we accept you when we say hey, oh look at this on march 24th at 4 44 p.m that was when you posted oh, these guidelines shit, that's a, that number <laughs> thing and that see that's not on purpose you can't necessarily well you can schedule it but you didn't schedule I had this no post. idea yeah. yeah i don't even know at that time that i knew 444 was your one of your numbers yeah so if you've listened to any prior uh, any one of the prior podcasts episodes you'd hear that 444 was one of the numbers that i've been seeing consistently (laughs) and so i've been googling numerology and it's all a bunch of mumbo jumbo but it's kind of interesting but anyway the post that she uh amanda posted here was at 444 and says welcome to the rad podcast group so we accept you and this is the message that you'll see yeah please read these helpful guidelines before posting okay we're about to do that Admins approve submitted posts. Follow the guidelines to be sure your post gets approved. Be nice to each other. Bullying, name calling, racial or any other slurs, threats of any kind, etc. are not welcome here. No GoFundMes or any other money raising sites as posts. Thank you for that. Please do not solicit members to purchase your products or service you may be selling unless they're sexual services. (laughs) This is a closed group. Please respect each other and by and the group by not sharing posts elsewhere, screenshots or copy and paste without permission. We reserve the right to remove any member <laughs> content posts or comments that we believe violate these guidelines. Well, that seems pretty easy. Yes, and I uh, copied that from the group that I'm in. I just uh, <laughs> edited so, some stuff. So you just said, hey, my favorite birder, I like everything you're doing. I'm just going to rip you off real quick. And well, we're not ripping create, them create, off. I just like liked their guidelines. I edited them. Oh, good, good. The, the, so they kind of made it your own. Yeah, and I think they have more things on there. Nothing is original on the Internet anymore, so you yeah. have really nothing to worry about. For sure. But so because I... You know, I have that group because I like to talk about murder shit and, you know, get into certain particular murders and people are, you know, for the normal public, they're like, why are you so yeah. fascinated with the West Memphis three? Well, I just happen to be. And, and it's a niche group. So, of course, they're going to they're going to be interested in it as well. Right. Yeah. And so I, I just thought, you know, it's so helpful for me because I've talked to people on my favorite that that podcast thing. Um about my depression. I've talked about my sexuality. Hmm. The other thing that happens is on the the other one is there's all these different subgroups, you know, like uh, <laughs> Derberinos. So it's like Derby Murderinos. So like you're a roller derby and you also are a um, fan of murder. Okay. Yeah. So wow. that, that gets very specific. <laughs> yeah. So cool. there's all this different kind of shit that can, that can go on. And I just felt like 
because, you know, we deal with stuff that we don't really talk about on the regular show, that this might be a good outlet for people if they want to talk about the mumbo and the jumbo and the sex stuff and the sexuality stuff and maybe wouldn't feel comfortable posting that on our Facebook group because our our Facebook page, you know, it's not closed. Mm. Anybody can see that. You're pretty much an open target on the Facebook page yeah. for the Rad Radio Show. Yeah, and yeah. so the 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 podcast group I felt would maybe, I mean, again, I hate to use the word, but a safe space. I think it's cool, too, because we could also directly, uh, you know, post stories or mm-hmm. images or whatever we talk about on the podcast. Absolutely. This is kind of our way of, of making sure, you know, we share the information that we get or use on the broadcast yes. um, so that they have direct access to it. Yes. No, that's very cool. All right. Good job, Amanda. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the, uh, what members you, you allow. Am mm-hmm. I, am I in charge also of allowing people yes, so we can. can both, we yes. can both approve people. Mm-hmm. Okay. I might be a little more strict than you. Oh, okay. <laughs> you do, you're going to just going to let allow everybody. Well, I mean, I mean, I don't know what, I mean, if it looks like a bot or something, yeah, that, or if it looks it, like a fake profile, no. There's a few trolls yeah. that frequent our social media, yes. and I like to avoid those trolls just because there's a waste of space. They, yes. they, they do nothing but just kind of bring everything down, and it's just, it's not conducive to the process of social media in my opinion right um because it's it's this is another reason why it's a closed group is we're in charge yeah so if we deem you not worthy you're out exactly can they try to come back in like is it like an indefinite uh removal well what do you think i don't know should we have them run the gauntlet and try to redeem (laughs) their worth well, i mean i think that everybody should be given a second chance so if there's some like you know, removable offense that we deemed them to kick them out. And then they send us a message or an email and they're like, yo, I was drunk and I started uh, putting dick pics all over the place and <laughs> didn't realize I well, actually those, posted. Too. Those are allowed. That's not an offensive thing. We won't take you down for that. Um, yeah. But I understand. Okay, cool. So if yeah. they if they do come back with an apology, but then the second time, like second strike, you're out. Yeah. You're done. Two strikes, okay. you're out. Two strikes, you're out. We're, I we like don't that get the three strikes. All right, cool. So if you are a Facebook user still and you're not uh, you're not boycotting <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg for releasing all of your information, uh, we'll make sure all your information is safe because it's a closed group. I can't guarantee that. Um, just search for the Rad Podcast or Rad Podcast on Facebook and click on the group. Ask to be invited and yep. accept me and we'll hopefully accept you. Yes. So smile big in your profile picture <laughs> or send us dick pics. <laughs> All right. So I don't mean to know. No unsolicited dick pics. Why not? <laughs> oh, you're a girl. That's right. You get those all the time already. So it's like it's a dime a dozen. I need to right? see a dick again in okay. my life probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have a whole roll of a those dick pics that we had on the on the wall. It's basically here. wallpaper. Yeah, yeah. I, I have like three hundred dicks. So you're you're dicked out. <laughs> dicked out. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know where you're swinging next. <laughs> Pink taco. Speaking of tacos, Sabroso. Yeah. Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? I am so ready. Did you get your poncho? Uh, no. Because it's supposed to rain. It's supposed oh, to rain it? this weekend. Motherfucker! It's supposed and to it's rain on your birthday. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, but hopefully my prayers will be answered because I called for no rain on Sunday. Oh, okay. Did you do so a rain dance? I did. I did a rain dance in the nude um, <laughs> on the beaches did of Oahu. You do that helicopter? I did. That's the ceremonial helicopter <laughs> to finish it off. Nice. Um, uh, yeah, it's a funny story. We actually did go to a nude beach in Oahu oh, last nice. week. It was fucking amazing. It was yeah. so cool. Was there a bunch of old fat guys? No. Well, yes. <laughs> there was a wide spectrum of nudity oh, yeah. um, from foreigners to the hairy to the not so hairy foreigners nice. um, to beautiful women to beautiful men and the fat guys in between. <laughs> um <laughs> But it, I was surprised to see so many women out there because most more commonly you'll see men because right. they're more confident and, you know, mm-hmm. dudes want to just swing their dick around like <laughs> helicopters. Um, but, yeah, it was it was very nice. So I did my rain dance in the in the nude and swam in the ocean naked. And that was very liberating. You know, there's oftentimes that I wish that I had a dick. For instance, just pee wherever the fuck I want. The world's your toilet. You still could do that as a girl. <laughs> well, you just got to adjust that... the back and the pelvis a little bit. Yeah, there is out. supposed to be a way that you can, like, pull up the lips. Yeah, and, like, totally. Anyway, but, you know, sometimes I wish I had a dick. But not at a nude beach because I would be afraid that I'd get a boner. That happened. To you me. got a boner? Yeah, I had to wait in the ocean <laughs> until it went down so I could walk back up. No joke. Uh, yeah, I, it almost, I almost made uh, Mrs. Brandon go back up to the beach towel and grab my shorts so I could just put it on and kind of stuff it to the side nice. and walk, walk up with a limp. But... I actually joked about it because I actually struggled to get out because like it was kind of heavy. <laughs> so I was getting out of the water. It wasn't as buoyant. Yeah. Uh, fuck. Oh, that's, that's great. Good time. Yeah. Polo Beach. If you ever go to Oahu, it's, uh, it's on the North Shore. It's fucking beautiful. It's great. Uh, great beach. Great sand. There was another beach in Oahu that had uh, sand like sesame seeds. Like if you ever oh. had put a put a handful of sesame seeds and uh-huh. just close your fist and they all kind of like stick together because of the oils or whatever. Yeah. Same consistency as the sand. Uh, it was weird. super soft, totally not offensive sand. It was no, it wasn't, beautiful. Was it hot like black? No, it wasn't. Oh. I mean, it was, if it was in the sun for quite a while and there wasn't a breeze, it would be toasty. Yeah. But it was, the climate there is so nice because, you know, the breeze is constant most of the time, and sometimes sometimes there's the the slight clouds that go over, so you create mm-hmm. some create some instant shade, and so things kind of cool down pretty quick. And nice. I, I haven't really been um, to the islands uh, for this time of year as often, especially this be- this Oahu is a lot more beachy, and there's a lot more places to go versus Kauai, which is the Garden Isle. And there's some beaches that are mm-hmm. nice, but for the most part, they're kind of rough and, and tumble, and there's not a lot to do on the beach areas. So this was my first experience being on the beach every single day at a different beach in the water. And it was outstanding. So, but every beach was nice and not, not, not every beach had the same consistent sand is what I'm trying to say. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. It was very interesting. Very, very interesting. <laughs> um, I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. I don't really know where I was going with that, but Sabroso tacos Sunday. Uh, we're going to be doing a little live broadcast yes. recording. Um, uh, the, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I've never done anything like this before. I do know that the gates open about uh, 12 at 12 noon for VIP. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the VIP people. 
And then at one o'clock, everybody else can go in and it's tacos and beers and it's 21 and over at that point. Uh, And then four o'clock is when everybody else can start showing up. So I was thinking between three and four would be when we would record. I think that's a good Um, idea. Since both Amanda and I aren't really drinking right now. um, I don't know. How how far are you at now? Almost two months? 86 days. Oh, fuck. Two and a half half months. I'm almost three months. That's great. Good for you. Oh. It's been hard. Yeah, I bet. It is. It's rough. I, I'm not going to lie. There have been a lot of ups and downs in my, in my year. Um, fortunately, there were a lot more easier days and rough days, but when it's rough, it sucks. It, yeah. it, it's really tough, but you just got to power through and uh, hopefully you feel better. I do feel better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You look a lot. You look like glowing. You look, oh, I, nice. I, you look like you're, you've got a lot more life to you. Yeah. And I don't feel so, um, you know that wet brain feeling? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't feel like that so much Drunk anymore. Brain. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I do feel a lot better, but it makes it makes things like this festival where I would love to enjoy a fucking taco and a beer. It makes it it difficult. And I, you know, um, for instance, Rob had his wedding celebration at this big beautiful house on the river there's booze flowing and all that stuff and it's so much booze yeah and it does make it difficult for me to like lighten up Mm -hmm. um because i already you know i kind of have i'm shy around people that i don't know once i know you i'm not shy i'll tell you everything what color my butthole is you know like (laughs) i don't care but around new people i am very shy um so in the past, I've used the alcohol as the lubricant, and so I don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. And it just it just makes it difficult. But Christina was so sweet; she went and got me the um, that fray or whatever the alcohol removed wine. Yeah, how, did that help curb the? It cravings? did. Yeah, it did. And I, I mean, I understand it's about uh, the equivalent of a no duels. So people are like, "Oh, there's still alcohol in it." But yes, okay, whatever. But it did help. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't feel drunk ever. Um, and it just made me, it's like, you know, the other thing I ha- tend to do if I'm at a bar is I'll just get a tonic water with no alcohol mm-hmm. or soda water with no alcohol and a lime in there. And it's just like I have a drink to hold, to sip on, to trick my brain. Right. And, it it kind of gives you that illusion that you're tricking your brain. It's what is that mm-hmm. the, called? The mocktail? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like and, that. Yeah. And I've gone um, to a couple of restaurants that have made me beautiful mocktails. In fact, I, I went to uh, Broad, Broderick's and they mm. made me a mocktail. Uh, but so good, you know. Uh, but there is that just like want to jump out of your skin feeling still, you know, because you could see everybody else. They're starting to get loosey goosey. And, they're having fun. and Yeah. And know. then I already have that like resting bitch face face. So I I don't think I'm, you know, in the at, at Rob's party, you know, I was having a difficult time and I was trying to talk to people, but then, you know, feel like I you know, I'm already anxious, so I just kind of felt bad, I guess. Yeah. I, I have a hard time just being conversational with yeah. it. Like, I, that's just something I've always 
always had the problem with, even when I was a kid. I just kind of just sat in the background and in the circle and just kind of observed. I was yeah, I'm more an observer. Of, I'm much more of an introvert and observer in public places, and that's mm-hmm. it's hard for me, especially when there's new people that I don't know. I, I'm yeah. terrible with small talk. I hate small talk with a passion. Mm-hmm. It's just you know I can only talk about. So much before it turns into, how about that weather, you know? (laughs) Right, right. I go so quickly to, well, it's nice outside or it's rainy outside. (laughs) That's just my crutch. Well, because you're uncomfortable. Uh, Totally. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to to escape that unless, you know, it was so easy when you had uh, a shot of Jameson and right. you're just, you're ready to go be social, social butterfly. Yeah. And I'm the same exact way. Yeah. So it's been, <laughs> it's, it's a learning process, I, but I have found that it's okay to just kind of sit back and be the observer. Right. You don't, you don't have to be on point. You don't have to be the loud, obnoxious drunk. That's like, Hey, how you doing? Oh my God. This is so long. Let me but yes, it is okay. But I, I have noticed, and I don't know if maybe you've noticed this as well, that um, because you're not your outgoing drunk self and you're just kind of chilling and observing, it looks like to the outside people that you're not having a good time. So your Mm. friends that are used to drinking with you and partying with you are... Like, oh, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm okay. I mean, it's difficult, but yeah, I'm totally okay. I'm fine. So I've just noticed that when I've been out with my girlfriends that they're, and and maybe it's just because they're girls, yeah, you know, and they want to like extra check and make sure you're okay. And yes, hmm. you're okay, but it it's still difficult. Yeah, I can see that, especially if you're out in those social settings where mm-hmm. it's normally like turning it up to 11 and just getting crazy. Yeah, and oh. I am very crazy when I get drunk. Right. So to see you totally opposite, like, right. are you okay? And you actually are okay. <laughs> yeah. It, it weirds people out. Yeah, it's like, well, this is like how I am when I'm not drunk. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. just chilling and I got my face on. Does it? I mean, I know I look like I'm pissed off, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm having a good time. Unfortunately, if you have good friends, they'll just like, oh yeah, okay, cool, and then yeah. you know things just proceed. But um, right. you know, there, I, I'm sure I have lost a few friends, <laughs> quote unquote. You right. Know, I, I say that loosely because of what I'm about to say is that if they don't want to hang out with me because I don't drink, then we're not friends. Right. You know? like, we, we, I know that a lot of relationships that I've developed, especially over the last ten years have revolved around some sort of partying Mm -hmm. because that was just kind of the lifestyle that I led. Um, When I had free time, it would be, you know, having barbecues and drinking beers and having a good time. Mm -hmm. And that was just kind of the lifestyle. So meeting people under those pretenses makes you have that image from a, by uh, from makes your image of, of yourself to those people um, those people. <laughs> to those people, they they um they see you as only that, you know. Right. Well, so. and because you have a, I don't know, like you are putting on this fake confidence. Mm-hmm. They think you're a confident person. Liquid which, courage. Yeah, and I am not a, a confident or secure person. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the drinking made me seem as though that's the way I am. Yeah. But I am absolutely the opposite. I think you'll find as time goes on, the confidence comes a lot easier. Yeah. I, I feel like I've grown some 
unfound confidence that I'd never thought I had had before. Mm-hmm. I, I still have moments of insecurity. Right. I think everybody does has right. moments of insecurities. Right. And sometimes it's way worse than others when mm-hmm. like, I'm going to be totally honest. And I know we're going to get back to the Sabroso thing. Um, but I, I, I think that the universe is honestly testing me to the brink at this point in time, yeah. because it knows that I'm taking this year off. Um, the last day before we came back from Oahu, I find out that my grandpa has throat and neck cancer. Oh, grandpa. And, and yeah, and I was like such a blow to my gut thinking, what what did he do to deserve this? Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking, well, fuck, I'm not like in his life as much as I'd like to be. Mm-hmm. I feel like an awful grandson for not calling him more often, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And then it makes me think, well, fuck, I want to drink now. Mm-hmm. I, all I want to do is just go and have some vodka and just not feel and, yeah. and hopefully feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, fortunately. Yeah. I went the entire vacation up, even up to that end, that last day. Good for you, man. Where I, yeah. And it, it sucked the way that it happened. I, I wasn't, I don't think I was supposed to be told, but I'm glad that I was told, mm-hmm. um, given the circumstances. Mm-hmm. But it some family members really thrive off of drama. Oh yes. And they feel like they, because they have information, they, they feel like a certain amount of power. Well, and they want to be the first ones to tell everybody. And I think that that, that is what made the information come out sooner than it probably should have. Mm. Cause in my opinion, and I, and just because I know him, I know my grandpa, he would have told me, person to person or at least over the phone he would have called me right or had i called him first not this way like i feel Mm -hmm. like he is going to be disappointed that i found out this way because it kind of ruined the last day of my vacation like because it was right in the morning we were just getting ready to check out of our hotel and all we were going to do was go out into the ocean for the rest of the day Mm -hmm. until we we had our flight that night and i couldn't shake it for the rest of the day i was pissed i was just i was pissed that it happened i was pissed that he was even diagnosed with this i was pissed that i couldn't drink i was pissed at the family member that that told me yeah and i i almost let it ruin my day because i didn't want to go out in the water my i had a fight with my wife momentarily yeah because over traffic Mm-hmm. of all things like right. really we were going to argue over traffic right but really it's because you're pissed about the southern <clears throat> yeah so yeah. unfortunately didn't drink went yeah. to the airport normally yeah. a place where you'd have a, a oh, beer or something yeah. oh yeah didn't have a beer Dang. made it all the way home and you know then i find out that i got a i got this taco fest on my birthday and it's two of my favorite things <laughs> beer, beer and mexican tacos. food yeah and it's like at the end, I know this is like totally opposite of the spectrum. First, mm-hmm. you know, compared to finding out that my grandpa, you know, and fortunately, just to expand on that, fortunately, he he's okay, he, he's fine. This is treatable. There's a plan for chemo in place. It's actually a very short term plan of chemo. So I okay. I think that we had, we have caught it at a very early a stage. Early stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but dude's old man. Yeah. He he's an old man. So I all. All the good vibes to him, and I I think that the universe really has it in his best interest to be around a little bit longer because we I need him in this world a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, But on a less more on a less serious note, the universe is testing me on my birthday of all days. I mean, this is the party day. See, and that that's and yeah, yeah, that's that's rough, man. Especially at a a festival yeah but it, it's three weeks three, yeah. th- three more weeks until 
I can finally have my celebratory glass of fam sh champagne. That's fan shine. Fan shine. <laughs> I swear I haven't had any yet. I promise. Um, but yeah, we, we're going to keep it to like a strict minimum of like the weekends and not let it affect the week. Yeah. And because I, I, the one thing I want to avoid is just the hangovers, especially now oh, yeah. <clears throat> that I've, I've been more active and wanting to be more active and really taking care of my body. I feel like it would just be such a huge setback. Um to to just kind of plunge back into a a nasty daily habit. Yeah, know? no, I I don't ever want to go back to that where I was either. Um, but I noticed, you know, over over the vacation week when I was running the best ofs, uh, it gives me a lot of anxiety to run the best ofs just because I fucking you know like I'm the only one here and all that stuff. And you know, I know everybody's enjoying their vacation, so it's not like you know, the readily accessible. If something blew up, of course, yeah, okay. But it just gives me a lot of anxiety. And in the past, I dealt with it by drinking, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the night, it's like, oh, okay, I did that. Now I can have my wine or whatever. Yep. And you can't, I can't do that anymore. And I mean, it's good that I can't do that anymore. I'm not complaining, but it's just, I have to figure out, I know everybody has suggested meditating and all this other stuff. Um, have to figure out a way to decompress. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's all about finding out what that is that helps you decompress and then sticking to it. Yeah. U using the discipline to just kind of create the new routines. Cause I think one thing that kind of consumes us as, as a people mm -hmm. is we just get stuck in a, in a routine or a constant that's just tumultuous. It's mm -hmm. not doing anything. Pro pro it's not doing anything to progress us as an individual. Right. And if you just kind of keep doing the same thing over and over again, it's just going to result in the same, same thing. Yeah. And that's what, that's what they say, yeah. you know, insanity is, is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. You're just, gonna, not, you're just killing yourself yeah. at that point. If you don't break certain molds, certain routines, um, you know, I, I think that it's easy to say, oh, you should meditate more. Well, yeah, try practicing that, yeah. you know, actually sit down, sit still, turn your mind off for three minutes, mm -hmm. start there mm -hmm. and see where you get, you know, I, I, I guarantee you, you're going to fail more often than not when you first start out trying to meditate yeah. because there's so many distractions. In well, the and you have to create the habit and yeah. all that stuff. Um, but yeah. And so over that, over the vacation week, I couldn't figure out what the fuck was wrong with me. I'm like, I am still pretty much eating the same stuff that I'm eating. I'm still, you know, seeing my trainer, still taking my medication. Why do I feel so, I, I felt like anxious and then depressed. I'm mm. like, what the fuck is going on with me? And I was like, oh, is it mercury retrograde? Like maybe that's having an effect on me or whatever the fuck it was. But so what I did is um, I like to listen to, audio books on um i just do the audible thing mm -hmm. and so i got two books and i'm hoping that they're gonna do me good one is called unfuck yourself okay and the other one is like the guide to not giving a fuck or something like that i like these books yeah <laughs> i just by the titles alone <laughs> yeah um and one is read by uh he's got some sort of like irish or scottish accent or whatever is this the same author that, that, that like does a series of these fuck books oh i don't know oh, okay. i just i i uh i was listening to somebody else that said that they listened to the guide to not giving a fuck mm -hmm. oh i think it's your uh your favorite 
host Chris Hardwick said that he was <laughs> listening to that, or he he had that, read that book or whatever. That guy just needs to learn how to say no to some things. Maybe <laughs> he's got to make that money. I guess. <laughs> um, so. At any rate. Uh, so I was like, oh, well, maybe I should give it a try. I have an audible credit. Let me use this credit. Um, so I have those books. I'm going to try and listen to those because I you know, something I need to change something in my brain, hmm. man, you know, because I'm just like trying all these different things yeah. <laughs> to help me to help me. And so I just got I'm just going to continue to keep moving forward and trying to add like positivity you know, because I'm such a, I'm such an Eeyore mm-hmm. and I, and I don't want to be. <laughs> I could be that way too. A lot of the times mm-hmm. it's easy. It's easy just to get into that funk because it's easier to be in the funk than it is to face it and do something about it. Yeah. It's a lot easier to do that. Yeah. And like, and this week I was, you know, this last week I wasn't as productive as I like to be at home and not being productive makes me feel guilty, which makes me feel depressed. And this just like piles on on top of each other. And it's like, well, if you just get up and do one fucking thing, mm-hmm. you'd start to feel better. <laughs> you know, and I in my head, I know all of this, but I have a tendency to just sit in that like shitty feeling, I guess, yeah. because I'm used to that shitty feeling. So uh, yep, <laughs> you know? comes back to the breaking the habit mm-hmm. and, you know, getting the new routines and yeah. That yeah. that all, all uh, you know, balls up into one big helpful. And reading, reading is is another really great thing to do. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just, even if it's not just self help books, but reading in general really does help kind of ease the tension and ease the brain. And I, I that's at least what I've found helps me when I'm in those crazy up and oh, downs. Okay, um, <clears throat> just reading, yeah. even if it's not the news, you can't can't wow. read the news and relax no, fuck the news but like even just a magazine or something yeah, or an interview with uh well you can't really read any interviews without them being political <laughs> these days right um but you know just just stuff to kind of just ease your mind and relax that kind of stuff yeah um well we're gonna have fun at sabroso totally no I, we're not <laughs> i'm actually this makes me think that we're actually bummed out that we're going to Sabroso. No, the offspring's going to be amazing. Pennywise, the Vandals, uh, me first in the Gimme Gimme. Yes! Uh, I don't think the Vandals are going to be there, are they? I think so. Yeah. And then Unwritten Law, which is one of my favorite all-time bands of my childhood. And this is going to be the first time, nope, second time I've seen them. First time I saw them was at the Boardwalk. Oh, yeah, Fucking the Boardwalk. I used loved, to live right by there. Oh, that, man, that venue was amazing. It's changed um, now. It is, uh, different ownership, yeah, better ownership. The pe- uh, same people that own Ace of Spades own yes, the Boardwalk now. So they have better access to more shows, which is great. Right. Um, but I, I kind of stopped going to the Boardwalk. Yeah, me for too. A while and there. I used to live within walking distance of it. And yeah. I I think the last show I went to go see there was uh, the Voodoo Glow School. Nice. Yeah. Um, they always had really great shows come through there. For yeah. a long time, and then it's kind of just stopped. It was it was more just local stuff and mm-hmm. kind of C list bands. That the biggest come show through. I saw there, I think, was uh, Alien Ant Farm. That was a good show. I was there. You were there. I was there working the ninety rock tent. Yeah, ah, crazy. Yeah. And uh, I played poker with the guys from Power Man Five Thousand <laughs> um, at the boardwalk. Oh, I remember you did that story when we played that 
Liars game or whatever that True Confessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I did I did play with Spider, Rob Zombie's little brother, who is the lead singer <laughs> of Power Man five thousand, who was also they also had the uh, guitar player from Alien Ant Farm uh in that band. Sweet. Like, when they were touring as Power Man five thousand. Yeah. A little circle back. Crossover. There. Uh Mudvane was one of the biggest bands I've seen there. That was insane. Like there was people out in the parking lot. It was such a big show that couldn't fit fit everybody inside. It was mm-hmm. fucking amazing. Um, and I miss that venue, but yeah, I wonder what it looks like now that it's, it's, it's been, the same. It, it I hasn't don't think, been remodeled. Yeah. I don't think they've really remodeled it. Um, but I, I honestly haven't been in years, Neither have I. um, but it's definitely a good party spot. Yeah. I had a lot of good times there. Um, but yeah, Sabrosa will be great. We'll be there all day, uh, starting between, you know, two and three, we'll start showing up and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, just before four o'clock, we'll do our podcast recording. We'll find a dark corner somewhere where we can hide and and talk into my fancy recording device, aka my phone. Oh, maybe. Well, this will be released tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I can put if we figure out a place where we want to meet to and maybe have people come meet us. I can put it in our Facebook group. Good idea. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, if you are going to be a part of our Facebook group, which is closed, so you have to look for it and look, uh, search Rad Podcast in the search bar up there on Facebook, um, look into the groups, Rad Podcast, mm-hmm. and then uh, join us we'll through there. You. And we'll accept you right away. Unless as soon you're as we get a to bot. It. Unless you're a bot or a bomber or an ISIS <laughs> member, we probably won't accept you. <laughs> yeah. um, and then we will post our general location. Mm-hmm. Um prior to the recording yes yeah, just a little heads up if nobody shows up then nobody shows up yeah. who cares we'll still do our thing we'll, we'll still be good we'll do the show for ourselves that's, that's all we right do. um okay well man we've been going on and on here so far i'm gonna try i don't want to get through these emails too fast so you're we're good on time right yep you're good okay mm-hmm. i'm good too um so last broadcast that we did together which was like two or three weeks ago um uh a listener emailed us and ta- asking about tips on different types of sweets to have um because she her craving is an alcohol she doesn't have an alcohol problem she she has a ice cream problem (laughs) every time she goes to the grocery store she has to buy a pint she has to have a pint every single day that's like her reward um and she was looking for alternatives um one of the alternatives i thought of was like frozen yogurt Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, it seems like a, a better choice. Another choice that Amanda brought up was Cool Whip. Yeah. Freezing, frozen, freezing frozen it cool and then whip. <laughs> freeze, freezing it and adding like real fruit to it. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Uh-huh. Um, well, I got a follow up email and this is, might be an even better choice because I thought about it a little bit after we talked about it and thought, you know, frozen yogurt, good idea, but there's still a lot of sugar and there's still all those sugar. toppings you can yeah. do. Cool Whip, it's made out of a lot of oils and yeah. it's like, it's not the best for you, but it's, you know, it's not as bad. Um, so Jill actually sent us an email with some much more helpful suggestions. Oh, okay. Um, she says, suggestion for ice cream addicted girl, unpeel a ripe brown spotted banana and freeze a bunch of them. Blend a frozen banana to make a nice cream. Get it? Nice. nice not cream. ice cream, but nice cream. Add toppings after blended, like chopped fruit and dates, etc. Uh, this is the best replacement for ice cream. No BS ingredients, cow secretions, <laughs> or fake sugars like in ice cream, frozen yogurt, or Cool Whip. All of our suggestions. Oh, damn it. All those fake sugars, all that good stuff. 
Uh, she goes on to say, of course, it's not the ice cream, but it gives her the texture and sugar, though in this case natural, that she's craving. Frozen bananas left in the freezer for whenever she gets her next craving. Thank you, Jill. That's a much better suggestion <laughs> than more ice cream and Cool Whip. <laughs> yeah. Dang it. That's okay. Some, yeah, see, this is, this is what's good about our listeners. They're not going to be so judgmental and say, hey, you guys are idiots. She's right. just going to fr- you know, give like, us a friendly reminder of what the good stuff is. Or here's a different suggestion. Here's, here's a better suggestion. <laughs> uh, all right. So the next email we got here is from Dustin. He's got a Dr. Prod letter. Oh. Um, he says, hello, Brandon and Amanda. Hello. First, I want to thank you for sharing your story about your sobriety. I had a couple questions as I'm currently struggling with alcohol too. I need to stop or take you take a year off. Normally, I can have a drink or two socially, but then every now and then I go on a binge. I've missed four days off of work and drank about four to five handles this week. Oh, my God. Missing work and four to five handles. I'm going to get help tomorrow and see a counselor, but I remember you were attending an AA meeting when you first started your journey, and I was wondering if that helped you. I'll get back to that. And he wrote this at the end of uh, March, so just less than a week ago. Um, and he was saying that he was going to a counselor tomorrow. So okay. hopefully he stuck to that. Stuck to stuck. <laughs> it's okay. Hopefully he stuck to that. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, do you, he he goes on to say, do you still attend the meetings or did you just do it on your own? I really don't want to be an AA Nazi. Also, that Ham's website you guys talked about has a lot of good information that I've been reading through. Also, I don't know if I should just never drink again or take a year off uh, for my fear would be of a year from now, just starting it all over again. But I guess I can't, I can wait and see. How do you deal with uh, the idea of starting to drink again? You think after a year of off, it will be easier to control any other tips or advice would be amazing. Thank you guys and love everything you do. Oh, well, Dustin, it does sound like you do have a problem and it sounds like you are well on your way to getting help. Hopefully you stick to it and make the choice for yourself to stop drinking right now. Mm-hmm. Um, at least start weaning off with the Hams Network, uh, which you can find at uh, just Google Hams uh, Hams Drinking Network. I think that's what it is. Hams yeah. Hams Drinking Network. Um, right. Just Google that, and then you can find out how to kind of properly wean off uh, alcohol in a healthy way. Because you don't want to just stop drinking, especially if you're going four to five handles a week. You, yeah. You, you are you going to. Fucking seizure. Yeah. You're going to go full blown uh, withdrawals and it's it can kill you. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, hopefully when you're seeing your counselor, you're also making an appointment with your doctor to let him know or her know that you're making this plan so they can actually assist you. Because there are certain programs and certain uh hospitals if your insurance program handles it uh, offers it they will help you uh detox yeah the, um, um medical detox will help you basically go in a com- not a coma but they'll you know put you under inoculate you yeah, yeah until you're done with the withdrawals that sounds like a, a better way to go to me especially if you're drinking as severely as you are and i, I i'm sorry to hear that you're missing days of work because honestly, that's that's a tell that's a tell sign mm-hmm. of of serious issues. Because if you can't go to work, what are you doing? You know, yeah. what are you doing with your life? Mm-hmm. You, you do got to get it together. 
And hopefully you are seeing a counselor and hopefully you are dramatically cutting back by the time we've read this email. Um, AA is an, is an incredible organization. It's helped so many people. I, I've met a lot of people that have gone to AA and swear by it and say mm-hmm. without it, they'd be dead. Um, I don't go. I, I've, I thought about it and I was able to manage to go to see a counselor uh, probably similar to the one you're going to see. And I went through various other, I actually went to see my doctor first to let him know that this is what I was doing, uh, taking a year off of booze. And I wanted to make sure I was doing it right. I didn't want to just quit cold Turkey and have a heart attack. So I went and saw the doctor first. And then I went and saw a counselor who was basically a talk therapist. Right. Um, and I talked out my issues and I, I just, I got to the core issues as to why I was drinking. And fortunately through that and through meditation and through other various energy work, I was able to kind of come up with my own system to quit on my own without the help of AA. But if it, if you need a system like the 12 step program and you need a support group like Alcoholics Anonymous, then it's for, it it could be beneficial to you and the future of your sobriety. Um, You don't have to be an AA Nazi. You don't, you don't, you don't just by going doesn't mean you're going to be subjected to the the idea that if you even think about the the of drinking again that you're a failure you know there is that mentality there but for the most part everybody's there to support you and your choices of of quitting drinking yeah um if you want to start drinking again in a year i think starting quitting now and setting that goal is a good idea because it'll allow you to reevaluate your relationship with alcohol. You'll, you'll understand where your cravings happen, how they happen and what kind of triggers those, those cravings. Um, Amanda was just saying earlier on that she has these triggers when she's out in public because it helps her become more social, Yep. you know, and that maybe they'll find that these are all the triggers that you went to go drinking, but you have a goal to meet. And if you, if you don't stick to that goal, then you'll slip back into your old ways. But if you reevaluate your relationship with alcohol, then you can reevaluate it at that time at that year point and say, you know what? I think I can handle a beer or wine on the weekends. Yeah. And I think you have to set your, if, if you are going to drink again, you have to set limits up for yourself. Just like you had this limit of not drinking for a year. Well, now your limit could be, you know, you're only going to have a glass of wine on the weekends or whatever it is. And you're not drinking to get drunk. You're drinking to enjoy, you know, your glass of wine or champagne or beer or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. If you don't set those boundaries for yourself, then you will just go right back into where you were because that's that's what happens you you get that taste you get that that high from it and you don't want it to stop think about why you got to this point mm-hmm. because you excessively drank it so if you don't put those guidelines and those borders and those restrictions on yourself mm-hmm. and you don't abide by those then you're just going to slip right back into the same spiral and you'll be going through the same thing if not you know detrimentally fatally hurting yourself. Um, How do you deal with the idea of starting to drink again? Um, I think about it a lot. I I just kind of concentrate on 
who I am now, where I'm at now, where I was a year ago before I made this decision, and what drives me to drink. And I, you know, you just kind of got to self-evaluate. You got to go over these questions over and over and over again in order to really understand where you are at and with your relationship with alcohol. So how do I deal with it? I just, I deal with it head on. I talk about it. I, I say out loud, I'm craving a beer right now. You right. Know? And I think having a support group, if it's just a family member or if it's your sponsor at AA, which is a great way. That's why it's called Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm-hmm. It's be, it gives you a way to express how you feel, talk about your cravings, talk about the problems that you're going through just in life in general with a open arm community that is going through the same problems as you that might have some insight better than some wacky DJs on a podcast. <laughs> um, but talking about it, confronting it, it head on is the way that I deal with it. How, how do you deal with the idea of starting to drink again? Well, I just have to be, I think, realistic with myself. Um, and like you're saying, address the reasons why I was drinking to excess. So that's why I'm, you know, going to counseling and have a psychiatrist and all that stuff. Um, and adjusting the ways I deal with those things that trigger me. Now, I do feel as though once I've been sober for a year, I can um, possibly, you know, have a glass of wine uh, with with a meal or whatever. Um, so I'm just okay with that. I never told myself I'm never going to drink again. Um, but for the writer, um, one thing you need to be aware of, I think, is that you will start negotiating with yourself and being like, you know what? I've been sober for two months. That's longer than I've ever, you know, been sober before. I can do this. No, you fucking can't. If you said you're not going to drink for a year, then you really have to have the willpower to keep not drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're, I mean, your mind will, you know, just, it, it, you'll try to negotiate to drink again. And I think that's why it's good that we talk about it on the, sh- on the show and that you and I are t- able to talk about it on the podcast because, um, it keeps you accountable. And I think that that's kind of what AA can be for a lot of people is you have a group of people that you are accountable to, mm-hmm. you know? So if you're keeping yourself accountable, um, then I think it gives you more of a, a not a will, but it, you know, it allows gives you, you an edge. Yeah. To, to keep going forward. And yeah, I don't, I don't really know how I deal with the idea of drinking again. I just, you're not there yet. I'm not there. I mean, I'm not yeah. there yet. Um, you know, I did try that, that, uh, alcohol removed, champagne because champagne is my big weakness um and i was like you know if i if i like this maybe i will never drink again Mm -hmm. and it it was pretty good i could substitute it for that but it just has a lot of sugar in it so whatever (laughs) it's just not as much as you were drinking a whole magnum cycle yeah Yeah. so you know for me it's just the the enjoyment you know it's like an uh an extra to my to my meal or 
social um, it's a social thing yeah and i do like the the drink on vacation oh yeah you know that's oh, yeah you're on vacation yeah and it's you know i do want to i do want to do that but you know obviously i'm home vacation all the time and um you know i kind of have changed my outlook on social you know gatherings mm-hmm. or, or whatever so you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and he, he he finally asked the end again. Uh, you think after a year off, it will be easier to control? I think that ultimately comes down to the individual. Mm-hmm. I think it will be easier for me to look at it, look at the drink, and and think it through more now because I know what's at stake, and I I you know have a clearer vision of consequences now mm-hmm. than I ever have before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I honestly think it comes down to whoever that individual is. And if, if you are a person who would look at a, a, a bottle of beer at the end of a year off of, of drinking and think, well, I could also do 11 more of those. I mean, they're, they're right there in the fridge, then you probably aren't ready yet. Yeah. And, and my thing is, is I'm doing the year to prove to myself that I can. So if I know that I can do a year with no booze whatsoever, that means I know I can set the boundary for myself to only have two or whatever when I, whenever I decide to drink again. That's exactly where I'm at. You know, um, that I, I needed to prove to myself that I could do this. And mm-hmm. now I feel, I feel the, the fact that I can do it and I'm about to do it in less than three weeks mm-hmm. that I will, I will have earned the right to exercise my responsibility towards mm-hmm. it, you know, yes. and, and that's exactly where I'm at now. Um, hopefully Dustin, you do get the help you need. Um, feel free to, to email us back. If you have any further questions, just check in with us. I'd love to, to hear about your progress. Even if you just need somebody to talk to, um, you can join our Facebook group. The Rad Broadcast, just through Facebook. Yep. Um, if you want to reach out, there might be even some people that will be joining there that will be able to give you some words of advice as well. I know our audience has been helpful to me. I still have a stack of about two inches of paper of emails from the day that I announced that I was going to be quitting drinking for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of support was uh, outstanding. It was overwhelming. And yeah. I, I still I still flip through those emails occasionally just to see... You know, just just to, to remind myself that this is why I'm holding myself accountable mm-hmm. and this is why I'm doing it, because it, there's so much love out there for us to, to, to share. And I think that there's love for you, Dustin, and then I think that we could share for you, too. Just join our Facebook group. Email us. We'll be happy to talk to you through it. The next email comes from uh, comes from Tyler. He says, hey, guys, hey. love the show. Been listening to the Rad Show since I can remember, probably around six or seven years old. I'm 23 now. I've listened to every episode of the podcast, and uh, I've been wanting to write y'all for a while now, and I finally have had the time. So here goes. I lost my dad at five years old. I I have lost two friends, one of them being one of my very best friends in the past two years. I had never really thought about death or really thought about... (laughs) Sorry, he wrote... I have never really thought about death or really thought about death, like... Right after oh, each other. Uh-huh. Threw me off. Sorry. Or even uh, been afraid of death up until my best friend died about a year ago. Ever since then, feels like death is following me and is so goddamn close to me. It scares the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know how to deal with it 
other than acting like nothing is wrong and that everything is okay. I guess what I'm asking is uh, for some advice on how to better deal, uh, how to feel better about it or how to feel like the Reaper is following me and holding my life in its grip. Any and all advice is welcome and appreciated. Thanks in advance and keep on doing what y'all are doing. Tyler. Um, so my biological mom also passed away when I was five. And then my biological father passed away when I was 25. Um, and so death has always scared the fucking shit out of me. Uh, and more so after I had a child because I don't want to, I don't want my son to have to deal with what I had to deal with. Mourning you. Yeah. Yeah. So I've really had a hard time, uh, struggling with it recently. And I, I think, um, you may be having some PTSD around you know your your father's death probably and then now your your uh your best friend's death it's all interconnected it's probably bringing up feelings for you that you've had since you were a child um and i am currently undergoing a emdr therapy it's eye movement reprocessing or something. It, it, whatever. It, it's EMDR. Google it. Yeah, Google it. <laughs> um, if you go on to psychology.com, psychologytoday.com, you can put in, I want an EM, you know, you can search for EMDR therapist in your area. Hmm. Um, and I think that that is something that you may want to look into because it helps you process through the traumatic events in your life that um, may be hindering you. And, you know, it. I just barely started with it. I've only had one session. Um, but it was helpful after that one session even. I felt like there was kind of a – I had a better understanding of why I dealt with things the way – I did when I was a kid and then also realizing, oh, this is how I felt when I was a kid and it's okay because I was a fucking kid, you know, Mm -hmm. and then just seeing how that has uh, correlated with other relationships in my life. So I totally get the, the feeling of being scared to death about dying. I, I, I mean, to be quite honest with you, uh, when it was a year ago, I stupidly thought that, oh, you know what? I can have a weed edible and I'll be, <laughs> I, I just need to relax, you know? And, and I thought, you know, they've changed the weed technology and everything's better now so I can handle it now. So I did the edible and just tripped fucking out of my mind, went to outer space. And the thing that I was freaking the fuck out about is time continuum and all that thing all that stuff um and just the the never-ending process of life Mm -hmm. uh and it it fucked me up it fucked me up still to this day i still when i start to have a panic attack it's because of that uh, that weed trip that i had uh because it's just absolutely scary so i get it uh the only thing i can say is you know, try and get some therapy about it because it's not it. It's it's stemming from way back in, in your you know your formative years, and that 
can affect so much for you going forward. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head that because he lost his dad at such a young age, at five years old, you don't you you can't really conceive death. Mm-mm. And even after you've watched a Bambi at five years old, you know mom's dead, but you really don't know what that means because it's just a fucking cartoon and you're right. a kid. Right. But then when it happens in your in your life, I mean I didn't really know death until Later on in my life, I I was born into a family that was all very young. Like everybody just got a young start. So mm-hmm. even my grandparents are younger than normal for oh, okay. kids my age. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of kids. I say kids my age, but I'm almost thirty two. Jesus, no, I Christ. still feel like a kid too. Yeah. I feel like I'm a teenager. So. so weird. I still refer to myself as a kid, yeah, and everybody uh-huh. else my age are just kids. Uh-huh. Um, but. I, so I, I I had always known people that had lost people close to them younger at age, and I just mm-hmm. never really knew what that meant. I never knew what that was. And then as I got older, then, you know, my great-grandma died. And then then uh, another great-grandparent died. And then, so I wasn't really close to them. And it didn't really affect me in any way. I was like, okay, so now we're just not going to see them on holidays every three years. Right. And then mom died, you know, and that was a totally different experience for me because it was my immediate family and Mm -hmm. going through it at at an older age and kind of preparing for it because of various health issues for very, you know, extended periods of time. You Mm -hmm. kind of go through it in your own way until it finally happens and you have no idea how to deal with it. And I think it, it, it varies for everybody at different stages of their life. And I think for the letter writer, it it's coming up now and feeling like this because Amanda's right. It, you didn't really process it the first time. And now that it's your, your best friend who is also somebody very close to you has happened. It's just, it's just dug up all this other, all this feelings. And you might have had this feeling of the Reaper has been kind of following you around your whole life. It just hasn't been so ever present in your mindset until more recently because it's, it's gotten you, uh, hit you at home. Yeah. Um, as you get older, though, you, I've been facing my my mort. I've been taking my mortality more seriously now than I ever have before. Like I, I think about the things that I did in my early twenties, and knowing that Surprise, I sur- you're still alive. <laughs> yeah, survived from it, and I'm still alive today to tell the story. Mm-hmm. It it just amazes me, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I should have been dead multiple times before, oh, me guaranteed. Too. Yeah, but somehow, some way, hello. I made it and and I'm here today. And, you know, to live in fear of death is just going to create this paranoia that will never go away. And I I agree. I think if it's bothering you to the point where it's like crippling you, you probably do want to find seek some therapy. But Mm -hmm. to be honest, what you're going through is totally normal and it's part of the mourning process. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, it is totally normal. Um, But I I know that maybe. You know, I I have had one friend die, and that hit me completely different than having a parent die or Mm -hmm. a family member die. Um, And one of the things, it's like, well, why him? He was such a great guy. If that could happen to him, why didn't it happen to me? I'm, you know, and of course we all think, well, I don't know. I I know I I'm like, well, I'm a piece of shit, you know, so it should have been, <laughs> oh, you're not. but it's just, you know, what we tell us. Yeah, of course. And it's like, you know, I, this guy who's this great upstanding guy, he dies of cancer at a very young age. And here I am 
walking around like an asshole. Mm -hmm. Why am I still alive? So there's like a bit of survivor's guilt, I think that yeah. uh, that he may be suffering from You're too. Right. And uh, and I, I, you know, all I can say is therapy is is great. It's you know just not for everybody, but. Just to talk just to, to somebody. Just right? to talk to somebody. It, yeah. it doesn't have to be fancy EMDR therapy. No. Just, just to talk to somebody about it too. And hopefully us talking to you through the through the podcast, Tyler, we're we're being some sort of help to you. But you know, th there's you're not alone. I think a lot of people feel this way. Yes. And I, I think Amanda, you're also right that because it's a close friend. It's different than a parent because it's like, okay, a parent's older, family you member. You, you expect, eventually, your parents are going to die. They're going to go before you yeah. eventually, you yeah. know, unfortunately, sooner than others, some sooner than others. Right. But, you know, when it is a friend, it's like that peer that's just driving down the road, gets in a car accident and just dies because they didn't make it. Mm -hmm. You're like, you do th think those things like, mm -hmm. well, that could have been me that that should have been me Absolutely. why did they take them so soon yeah this was my best friend well, what's right. the deal um but don't don't fear death know that death is coming yeah and it sounds as as you know depressing as that sounds uh don't fear it embrace the fact that it's coming and live every day to its fullest just like your dad probably would would have wanted it and your best friend would have wanted it yeah absolutely live in their memory carry them on yeah all right. Let's uh I think I think we can wrap up uh with this email. Um it's kind of on a lighter note. Okay. It got a little heavy there. It huh? did. I mean it's been a little heavy. Oh, That's okay. I need a cigarette. <laughs> Me too. All right, this one is from uh Esmeralda. Oh, awesome That's, name. It's a great name, huh? Her email is easy bitch. <laughs> yeah, easy, easy, easy Esmeralda. That's awesome. <laughs> hey Amanda. I love how you love podcasts. Oh, I guys, do. I am an guys addict. Like BFFs. <laughs> I feel like there are so few people who listen to podcasts. Are you kidding me? What? You know, like tens of thousands of people that listen to our podcast. That's just our podcast. Yeah. Think about all the other ones that are super popular. She goes on to say, it's too bad. On the 319 2018 Rad Show, that's the Rad Radio Show, the syndicated morning show that we normally talk on that we're not talking on now. We're talking <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> Google it. You'll catch up. <laughs> Rob made it a point to hate on Tom Segura on Netflix, which is crazy to me. Tom Segura. Yeah. You know who he, he is? He is a stand-up comic. Does he also do podcasts? Yes. Okay. He has your mama's house that he does with his wife, oh. Christina P., who is also a comedian. Also has a Netflix special, uh, Mother Inferior. And she has her own podcast. Um, so they, that whole family, Tom Segura and Christina P, they are comedians, podcasters, entertainers, all that stuff. So you're, you are, uh, you're basically saying that you, you like it. You like, you like Tom Segura, you like Christina P. Yes. Okay. So I like them. I think you preemptively answered the email. So oh. I, I probably presented this in a very poor way. Oh, okay. I'm but, sorry. I'm sorry. No, you don't. Please. You're, okay. you're fine. This will actually kind of make it kind of funny. Okay. She says, since you mentioned you liked his wife, Christina P's stand up special. Did you know they have a podcast with over 400 episodes called your mom's house? Uh, yes. 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 Now re rewind, uh -huh. <laughs> rewind the podcast. And now you listen to the answer <laughs> to your question again. Uh -huh. uh, it's, it's hilariously silly. And these two are the cutest, grossest couple on the planet planet yeah they're funny do you listen to this podcast yes yes we just covered that uh they're weekly and can be watched as a tv show also oh i, I didn't know so i did not know that that's cool 
Uh, Esmeralda says, my mind is blown. Rob doesn't like him or them. I think they're hilarious. Just curious on your opinions on this topic. Well, we just gave you all the opinions on the topic. Yeah. Thank you. Love you, babe. She said. Oh, babe. Uh, yeah, I do. I do really like uh, Christina P. Um, I, and I like Tom Segura, too. But it's just that I, I feel like I could be Christina P's friend in real life. You relate more to Christina. Yeah. And she has her own podcast called That's Deep Bro. Um, mm, you're schooling. You're schooling Esmeralda. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so I don't know if it's a. Well, you didn't like Tom Segura's special either. Honestly, I, I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. I thought he was the pizza guy, uh, Tom Belushi, not Tom Belushi, but the old pizza guy that did the commercials and then he turned into a stand-up comedian. Tom not Green? the same guy. No, different oh, guy. Okay. Totally different okay. guy. Okay. Uh, anyway. I don't know. I've never seen his stand-ups yet. Yeah. Well, and I haven't watched Tom Segura's special but I am familiar with his comedy mm. um, and he's been around for a really long time. Also, the other thing is he's well respected in the comedy com- community, um, you know, by other comics that I like. Oh, cool. So, OK. So he's in that circuit that you, that yeah. you would normally follow. Yeah. All so, right. I, yeah. So I, I don't know why Rob didn't like him. Uh, I, I He said the comedy was too simple. Y- yeah. Is that do you do you I, agree with that? I don't really, no? but I know I I don't know. I guess I'll have to watch the special, yeah. and give it my opinion. But you're also tainted because you already have your experience with him, exactly. And, so you it, know his style, right? And so I'm kind of biased, yeah. you know. Uh, same thing. I know Rob hates Amy Schumer, and you hate her too. I can't stand her I, because I, I know that she rips jokes off and, you know. And a lot of comics do. That's true, but she's pretty blatant about it. Um, But she's well-respected by Chris Rock, who I think is. Oh, really? You know, yes. Oh, good. They, they, they run in the same circles. He, she opened for him. Nice. Uh, a lot. So I, if Chris Rock likes Amy Schumer, I'm not I'm not just gonna adamantly hate her. I'm right. gonna give her a a, a shot, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh there's another female comic that has it's the same. Oh, so there is a female comic, Whitney Cummings, that I don't particularly like. I think she is when she speaks in her regular life, I personally feel is that she's one of those personalities that just rubs me the wrong way, which is like the know it all type of Mm-hmm. Uh, personality but i know that she again is well respected by joe rogan hmm. and uh other people that i like so i you know i i, I try and give her a, a chance even though when i hear her interviews i'm like Ugh, it's just like her interviews <laughs> rub me the wrong way and she had a show on nbc that didn't last any long very long at all uh, yeah it was produced by chelsea hamler it was oh. called uh what the fuck was it called Something, i think it was some like whitney, whitney. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just something easy like that. Yeah. And I didn't like the show, not because of her, uh, but if there's canned laughter and I can tell. Oh, I can't stand I can't those shoes. Stand, oh, yeah. Stand it. There was a, that show Disjointed that was on Netflix. Yes. With Kathy Bates. Uh-huh. I thought that was going to be a great show. I did too. Can't watch it. All canned laughter. Canned laughter. Yeah. I can't, I can't fucking handle it's all that, that. It's all that Chuck Lorre shit. Uh, every single show that Chuck Lorre produces all has canned laughter. I wonder, I feel like there's... Two and a half men, 
Big don't. Bang Theory. Oh, well, all I do, canned laughter. I do see. I don't know why it doesn't bother me with uh, Big Bang Theory. I don't know. Maybe they produced it well enough to make it sound like it's a live audience. But uh, yeah. man, I can't stand it. Yeah, and it's not. It's not necessarily the shows. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I find Two and a Half Men to be pretty funny sometimes mm-hmm. when it was you know Two and a Half Men still. Um, I can't. I, I mean, Big Bang Theory is just not my humor. Right. Even though it's, it would seem like it is. It's just not my humor. Mm-hmm. So I understand why it's so popular. Mm-hmm. But the canned laughter, man, it's just it's too much. Can't, too much. Can't with it. But I really liked uh, uh, that Roseanne is filmed in front of a the new Roseanne and yeah. in the old one too. But yeah. that it's a live studio audience. And yeah. I think that seventy show was live studio audience. Seinfeld was yeah. Seinfeld, yeah. All the, that, all the good shit. That shit. I, I love. I, I love live studio audiences, mm-hmm. but the the canned laughter is like the quickest way to get me to turn off a TV show. Absolutely, I agree <laughs> with you on that. Um, if you want to hear some real laughter on Sunday, we'll be doing a <laughs> live broadcast oh, recording uh, at Sabroso. Um, be sure to join us on our Rad Podcast uh, Facebook Facebook group. group. Mm-hmm. Just go to Facebook and search for Rad Podcast and click over on the groups and click to be join the members. Accepted. And yes. Click to be accepted, and we will accept you as long as. You abide by the guidelines and those you'll see when you get accepted. I don't know. I'm still learning this too. Yeah. <laughs> Rad podcast on Good Facebook job. groups. Um, also email us, rad at radradio.com if you want to have any questions answered on the next week's broadcast. And we'll, we'll talk to you again next week. Namaste, bitches. Bye. The Rad. Bye.